0: everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Cuddle Podcast. My name is James. I'm your host and today we have episode 22 and we're going to dive into some December food facts. And the purpose behind this episode is to dive into some of the history and some of the roots of traditional holiday foods that we eat this time of year. So it's going to have an international flavor to it and dive into some interesting facts and some fun facts that you can dazzle your guests this holiday. Before I dive into that, I wanted to thank you all for finding the show and for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure you share that with a friend and show them where they can find the podcast. That's really going to help grow the show. It has been growing. And I'm super grateful for anyone out there that's, that's sharing it with friends and family. It really does help. Now, with that out of the way, I want to go ahead and dive right in. We'll start with the international foods, some of the interesting international foods. Uh From around the world And one of these (laughs) One of these really stood out to me And I'm going to give a shout out to Japan First and foremost Because Japan Gets me okay. And here's what I mean by that Japan As a holiday Christmas tradition They eat fried chicken Now fried chicken Is my number one favorite food I, I think I've firmly decided that it's my number one favorite food. I will never, ever turn down fried chicken. And even when it's bad, it's good. Now, fried chicken is, has an interesting origin story in Japan. One, anytime I go to a ramen place, I always get the fried chicken on the menu because it's always really good. And uh, it's some of the best fried chicken that I've been able to find anywhere out there. In the 1970s, KFC put together a brilliant marketing strategy in Japan, and they introduced a holiday bucket and marketed it as a holiday treat, something that you should do on Christmas. Now, at the time, Japan didn't have a lot of Christmas traditions that that they Could call their own. And so I guess they adopted this brilliant marketing strategy and fully embraced fried chicken. And uh, good job, KFC. It was a brilliant marketing strategy and it stuck. It's something that to this day, people in Japan will continue to eat on Christmas. In Lithuania, they have a popular Christmas feast that has been adapted from a pagan tradition. Now, this is fairly common with a lot of holidays. They have pagan roots, and then the Catholic Church comes in and slurps up the holiday and puts a delightful Catholic spin on it. And uh, today, so originally, this feast featured nine dishes back in its pagan heyday, and today it features 12 dishes, one for each apostle. And uh, again, just the common practice from the Catholic Church when they'd snap snatch up local holiday traditions. Now, this feast is called Cuchios, and on Cuchios, there's no meat, no dairy, or hot food. Uh, heavy focus on vegetables and fish dishes. And this is fairly common in a lot of Catholic countries on Christmas Eve, where they have a, a, a lighter meal where there is that focus on veggies, fish, and uh, no hot food. And then the, the real Christmas feast happens the next day. Israel enjoys latkes during the Hanukkah season. Now these, I'm sure you've heard of them and seen them. These are f- small fried potato pancakes. Germany is a great source for a lot of Christmas traditions that we have today. One that they are very well known for is the Christmas goose. This dates back to the middle ages and it's often stuffed with fruit, you know, like apples and prunes and different spices and aromatics. And then it's served with gravy, potatoes and cabbage. It's fantastic. sounds absolutely amazing. It's the right way to do a holiday meal. Now, another really big international traditional holiday food is the humble tamale. Now, this one's big in Costa Rica. It's big in the southwestern United States, Central America, and many other Latin countries. And if you've never had a tamale, you're really missing out. And I'd highly recommend you try and get that changed as soon as possible. Uh, now, tamales, you're going to have that that masa mixture, that that corn mixture, uh, corn flour mixture, and inside you have different meats or veggies or potatoes and spices, and then you wrap it up in a corn husk and banana or a banana leaf, and you steam it to perfection. And There's a lot of tradition behind these. Every family is going to put their own spin on it. Every family is going to have their own traditional uh, twist to their tamale making. And so it it, it really is something that pulls families together around the holidays because it's a very labor-intensive process to make them, and they make them in tremendous quantities. And so it does take a lot of time to... Prepare these tamales, and so it's a lot of fun to have everyone involved. Now, of course, we can't forget England on this list. They brought us pudding. Now, this isn't the smooth chocolate vanilla pudding that we know and love in the states. Uh, it's it kind of it, it's a more thick and kind of bready type pudding. And it's made from fruit, spices, suet, and other ingredients. And it's a major, major uh, holiday dish in that part of the world. Bulgaria, they eat colivo, and that's boiled, a uh, boiled wheat dish with walnuts. And like tamales, this is going to have a lot of different variations to it. And those are going to include you know, honey, rice, beans, other spices, other veggies, In Mexico, they eat uh, bacalao, and again, going back to Catholicism, this is something that's really big in Catholic countries, the salt cod meal. It's a traditional dish, and of course, it's going to take on the flavors of the country where you're at. So in Mexico, they have the ancho chilies, tomatoes, and other veggies and spices. And then in other countries, you're going to have, uh, I've had it before in other countries with uh, onions and potatoes instead. So it's just a really solid, hearty dish that is, you know, served cold. And it's fish, so it qualifies for that Christmas Eve meal. Sweden has saffron buns. Traditionally, the oldest daughter is tasked with making these amazing buns, they are in an S shape and they're yellow and because of the saffron, of course. And who doesn't like S-shaped carbs? Nice tasty spin on that. So now we're getting to the real meat. Uh, from researching this, the Philippines is they, they take they take Christmas to the next level. They have a, a what some consider is the longest Christmas season holiday season. Uh, They'll start listening to Christmas carols in September, and it'll stretch all the way to the second week of January. Officially, it's going to be mid-December to that second week of January. And during that time, a traditional feast will have a roast pig. It's a big part of the celebration, a big part of the tradition. And pictures for roast pig, oh my goodness, they look so amazing. If I lived near a farm that could hook me up with a small roast pig, that would definitely be on my menu this Christmas. That's doing it right. So now I wanted to wrap this up with some different facts about Christmas. Okay. Uh, we've gone over some international dishes, and maybe some of those are familiar to you in your own Christmas traditions and holiday traditions and meals. Um, some of these facts, they are still blowing my mind So, turkey Let's talk turkey All right? We're far enough r- removed from Thanksgiving That I think we're through the, uh, the turkey coma That we've all been in And now it's time to think about Christmas So if you're big on turkey for Christmas I'm going to share a little bit of the history about that So before turkey was a big deal, pig's head and mustard was the main holiday meal. Now Henry VIII had turkey for Christmas, and of course when the king does something, it's quickly adopted by everyone else, and it quickly became the new holiday sensation, and that's how turkey became something that was a traditional Christmas meat. Now if you're stuck waiting for Christmas dinner to be finished— and you're sick of spouting off and sharing these December food facts, you can start nibbling on the Christmas tree. Now, we've all been in that situation where we're absolutely starving. There's a big meal coming on Christmas. We all know it's going to be there, and all we want to do is eat, and we're banned from the kitchen while it's, it's being made. So actually, many parts of a fir tree are edible. And the pine needles are even a good source of vitamins and uh, vitamin C in particular. Now, I have a feeling you're going to get many fruitcakes uh, this holiday season, right? We all see them. Uh, everyone has that neighbor that hands them out. Now, these were originally meant and intended to last all year. So back in the day before we had a lot of preservatives that you could inject into a pastry or a cake, uh, they had to try to find ways to make them last. The high moisture and alcohol content will make these cakes last for a long time. Now, finally, I'm gonna close (laughs) with one last fact. So we all have that experience, or most of us have had that experience of putting out cookies and milk and maybe even some carrots for the reindeer. Every Christmas Eve, it's kind of one of those traditions. I think even when kids grow up, it's still something fun they like to do. Did you ever think about what the cost of that would be, right? So with all of the households, it's estimated that participate in that activity of putting out cookies for Santa and carrots for the reindeer, the expense, the total expense of all those households doing that combined is 188 1000000 $906,668.97. That's a lot of cookies and milk. It's a staggering amount of money. That's still blowing my mind today. So how do you celebrate Christmas? What are some of your interesting traditions? You know, in my family, we eat a lot of Mexican food on Christmas Eve. And uh, I always thought that was just a really awesome tradition that we do, and on one hand, and on the other hand, it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, I have no Mexican ancestry or heritage, and it, it kind of just stems, I guess, from our love of Mexican food. But what we'll do is we'll all get together and make tacos, or we'll make some really good enchilada sauce, and. Kind of have a Mexican buffet We have tons of different food items And you put it all in a tortilla and it's amazing So That tends to be the big traditional meal On Christmas day We don't do anything special or traditional It's not like we have a turkey every year And it just wouldn't be Christmas If we didn't have the turkey It's kind of uh, You know we, We cook ourselves out on Christmas Eve And have leftovers on Christmas Or you know a ham or potatoes or something else. It tends to rotate through the years and there's no method to the madness there. But it's interesting with with holiday traditions, how they kind of evolve over time and how they are embraced by families. So that's where I'm curious. If you want to share what your holiday traditions are with any holiday if it involves food, I'm interested in knowing about it. We can uh, have you comment on it. Or you can shoot me an email, toastykettle at gmail.com, and let me know, and we can probably even try and get you on the show to share it yourself. But um, I wanted to wish you all a happy holiday, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. Thanks again for listening. I'm going to be working over the next couple weeks to get more content up, more interviews up, and uh, and more blog posts up there of different vintage recipes. So make sure you check that out in the new year. I'm going to take a break from the podcasting for the next couple weeks, and we will be back on the uh, first Wednesday of January. So be looking for that episode. And until then... Enjoy the holidays with your families. Enjoy the food. And uh, hopefully you learned something today and you can share that with some of your family and friends. And as always, let them know where you're learning all these awesome and crazy food facts and food history. Thanks for listening. Until next time.